Are today's school children being unfairly labeled and categorized? Our next guest thinks so. He's Dr. Jonathan T. Jefferson, who has a doctorate in the areas of education leadership, management, and policy. And he's the author of the book, Mugamore, Succeeding Without Labels, Lessons for Educators. Before we get into the topic of the book a little bit, what inspired you to write this book? I was inspired by observing my own son. My son was given many labels during his schooling. And I always noticed at home that he exceeded those labels. He lived a life that would prove all of the labels wrong, yet when he was in school, just the opposite was observed. For example, here's a youngster who's supposed to be lazy, unfocused, and never completed a task. And yet if I purchased him a PS2 video game that I myself, with all my college degrees, couldn't handle... He would master that game along with his friends within one weekend. And I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, something doesn't match. He goes to school and he struggles and he's getting hit with all these labels, yet he comes home and he handles tasks that I find extraordinarily complex and he masters those tasks within one weekend. So that got me to start thinking about the validity of the labels we're giving children and the speed at which we choose to label children. And this book follows two children, one from a time before we were so quick to label children. That's a child growing up in the 70s and 80s. And then we skip to the new millennium and we follow a child who I believe is innately smarter than the same child we followed in the 70s and 80s. But because of all the labeling, his education was shortchanged. Why should parents of school-aged children be concerned about this? Well, I'll give my own personal experience. When I was in kindergarten, for many children, it's their first experience in a large building with so many other people. So the classroom windows look huge, the doors look gargantuan, and you know, I'm just curious, as most four-year-olds would be. And I'm like, wow, what's behind that big door behind the classroom? One day I see a little girl go to the teacher and ask permission to go behind that big door. And I'm thinking, oh, it must be okay to go behind that big door. And I can get my curiosity satisfied by seeing what's back there. So I followed a little girl behind the big door. Turns out it's a bathroom. (laughs) I don't think much of it. I just sit there, wait until she's done. And before she's done, the teaching assistant comes in the classroom and says, you know, John, get back to your seat. So I get back to my seat, and that's the end of it. My curiosity satisfied. I no longer need to know what's behind the big door. You know, I'm only four years old anyway, and the class moves on. No one thinks anything else of it. That would not happen in a new millennium. It could have been catastrophic. The same exact incident could have turned into a labeling of a child as being a sexual predator, having the child suspended from school, having a child evaluated for medication, And that labeling and that information would stay on that child's record from the time it's placed there until the child graduates. So in one instance, we have the correct way, I believe, to handle a child, which is, you know, they're a child. They're curious. They're growing. Let's not assume everything has some ulterior motive that's hideous behind it. Yet I've seen in many instances where children in similar innocent situations have been ostracized and labeled, in fact, There was a youngster in Texas who kissed a girl on a hand and was suspended from school and placed on his permanent record was, you know, sexual misconduct. (laughs) 
This was a six-year-old kid who mm. simply kissed a girl on a hand, which he probably saw watching a television show and thought it was cute and didn't think much of it. And simply telling the child that you need to respect other people's personal space, that others might not feel comfortable, don't do what you see on TV, that probably would have been appropriate. But instead, he gets a permanent mark on his record. He gets suspended from school. He's six years old. Is there anything that the average person can do to change things? Well, certainly, whether we have children or not, we all live in a school district. And as members of the community of that school district, we have a right to speak up. There are open board of education meetings, which we are allowed to attend. You, you look at your school district's website, find out when the board meetings are being held, go to the board meetings to find out what's going on in your school district, and then speak up on something that you may feel strongly about. You know, are they getting what they need? Or do they have the activities they need? Are they growing properly, you know, so that they can be respectful, contributing members of society? So I'm still, although I no longer have a school-age child, I'm still very much engaged with the local school district as well as being employed in another school district. The book is Mugamore, Succeeding Without Labels, Lessons for Educators, the author Dr. Jonathan T. Jefferson, and the book is available at all online retailers. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you. That'll do it for this edition of InfoTrack. To learn more about this or previous InfoTrack shows and guests, visit us online at TalkZone.com. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for another edition of InfoTrack.